Let's get hype. Welcome into the Husker Hypecast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunts, and special guest, former Nebraska wide receiver, Todd Peterson, friend of the podcast, man who knows all of the minutia that we talk about, enjoys the banter, and once asked for Brian Christopherson to do a spoken word breakdown of hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. It is Todd Peterson. Todd, how you doing? I'm doing great, and BC will be happy to know that my daughter is now starting to do the spoken word as well. Oh, good. Well, she'll have to come on and do it. You, you didn't do that introduction properly, though. You should have included that he's the guy who gives Dabo Sweeney and Pete Carroll nightmares still. <laughs> Could, not cover him. To this day. Could not cover him. I, so we can talk about this real quick before we get into this. I, I was looking around on Getty image search the other night and came across Todd's touchdown dance from the Gator bowl that year. Were you, was there a dance or what did you do? Cause it, it's a still image, but it looks like you're kind of doing like half jazz hands and like kind of doing like a, a, a knee up kind of thing. Was that a spirit, spirit fingers, Brunt spirit fingers. No, um, I got hit and spun around going into the end zone and started a, a high step and quickly noticed a referee giving me a kind of a side eye. So I put the brakes on that pretty quickly, but I do to this very day still have co- cousins that love to give me a hard time about that dance. So nice. it lives on in infamy. I didn't know if it was like the central Nebraska okie doke is what you're giving them or something like that, but <sighs> I don't know if anyone from central Nebraska would want to claim anything from that. (laughs) Uh, Incredible. Well, before we dive into this game, I mean, let's, uh, let's kind of just get your thoughts on, on sort of where Nebraska sits in this season right now at two and three with a couple tough losses back to back and maybe none tougher than, than Saturday's performance against Michigan state. Yeah, it's, I think I'm in the same place a lot of Nebraska fans are and that you're kind of beating your head against the wall with how close yet how far away it all seems. And um, I do consider myself, I guess, a fan before uh, a former player. So it's been rough to watch. And unfortunately, it's, I feel like I should take a little blame for some of the premonition. I was at a wedding actually on Saturday night, and my brother-in-law who's a Michigan man is texting me, obviously hoping they beat state. And he gives me the text while I'm at the dinner that, you know, Oh, they're up. They look good. They're dominating. And I responded, Oh, don't worry. They'll blow it with a special teams gaffe. And (laughs) literally about 45 minutes later, he goes, dude, you called it like before I even saw what happened. So I was just really disappointed that I, I, I spoke that into existence. We should all know better. By now, I mean, there's a couple people on this podcast that have uh, have spoke a few things into existence as well, and I'm not talking about Brunt's uh, just specific predictions. I mean, there's a couple others that we may or may not have had to just completely cut out in the editing phase, but uh, have have come back to to happen. So, you know, we got to be careful of our words. Our words are important, and and we need to choose them wisely. All right. You know how this works. You listen to the podcast. God only knows why, but you do, and we appreciate you for that. So we will start on the offensive side of the ball, and we'll go ahead and start with you right away, Todd, and we will, we'll just kind of get where you see Nebraska's wide receiver play. How, how has it been different in this year than what you've sort of seen in years past in this offense? Um, I've seen 
simply probably more individual playmaking from the wide receivers. Um, obviously, didn't get to watch as much of this last game, but sounds like Xavier Betts had a really impressive first half before he went out. You saw him, you know, not even do anything crazy technique-wise on that that big play, the explosive play against Oklahoma, but just simply ran around the defender and, and made that long catch down the sideline. And then, you know, Omar Manning going up to make that touchdown catch in that game. Those are things I just haven't seen from – wide receivers for seems like a long time. And that's been uh, promising. I think the thing you still look to see from improvement is just more of that in the red zone and more of the kind of anticipation of those things coming open and trusting that we have some of those guys with size now. And uh, I'm sure you guys have been speaking about it. That's, that's the thing that's killing this offense is, aside from some questionable line play is not being able to finish off drives and, and make those big plays in the red zone. From, from just experience. Cause I mean, the only one on this podcast that played D one football, who apologies to, to Brian Christopherson who passed on it for other things, but you, you know, how do you, how do quarterbacks and receivers kind of get to that level of trust where a quarterback can just decide I'm going to go ahead and throw this because he knows where the receiver is going to be. Like, is that just something that takes a long time to just sort of get there or throughout the course of your time at Nebraska, did did you feel like you connected with quarterbacks pretty instantly in that way? I think that's a really underrated thing that Joe Gans, myself and Nate Swift had going for one another is starting in 2004, we were on the same um, scout team unit. And and we went through that entire year growing through that. And um, none of us were, like instant starters. So a lot of us were working with second and third units through practice as freshmen and sophomores, you know, Nate certainly got a lot of time as a freshman uh, and sophomore and, and made a lot of catches. But as soon as Maurice came in and a lot of the two wide receiver stuff, he was still working with twos and threes through that. And there's no substitution for repetition in that stuff. And it's not as simple, I guess, as uh, building chemistry and liking one another, but kind of knowing what they're going to do and knowing how they run a certain post route or how it's being asked of them to run and having the confidence that they're going to do it that way. And having the confidence that at the very least, if you do make that throw on a 50, 50 ball that they're going to go up and contest it and not make, let you look bad if it's not exactly where it's supposed to be, or let someone get away with an easy interception. Like those, those types of things do take time. And I, I just think that is, so very different in today's game that there aren't as many people willing to stick around and kind of wait for that, that opportunity to come. Hey, Todd, I know you're busy Saturday night, but did you see the pick Michigan state had in overtime? Did you get to see the highlight of it? I didn't. I got to watch okay. some of the, the game on the BTN and 60, but I didn't see the pick. Okay. I was curious what you might've thought of Ture on the route there, but um Cause it's, it, it seemed like, uh, like it was like a ha- a 50, 50, I guess, if you wanted to place blame on it on that one. But, uh, I was curious. Yeah. Unfortunately I didn't get to see that one. I've heard a lot about one of the earlier routes with, I think maybe it was Levi Falk flashing open quickly. Um, and I've heard that different camera angles kind of show different things. So, uh, maybe I'll have to go back, watch some of those, and I can comment on Twitter. We'll, we'll get you – yeah, we'll get you the all 22 uh, so you can break that down properly. <laughs> Perfect. 
All right, let's uh, let's move to the the offensive line, which has been talked about a lot this week and might look a little bit different on Saturday. We'll throw this one to Brian Christopherson. Brian, I guess regardless of what five guys are out there, what do you want to see from Nebraska's offensive line on Saturday that'll show some improvement off of just the ugliest game of their season? I think the ugliest game of their season. We could we could certainly debate that if you want, but um, uh, you know what 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 improvement would you like to see from whomever is out there on Saturday? Well, I think if they were just giving um, Adrian Martinez just one or two more beats in the pocket, I would really love to see what him and those wide receivers could do, and I, I feel like you know, on some of the misses Adrian had on Saturday and he did have some misses and that's partly on him, but I also understand he's a quarterback right now who just doesn't probably, he's not going to say this out loud, but doesn't have a ton of confidence that he has more than one second back there. And uh, that makes it very difficult to operate. And uh, yes, he did miss some throws, but I, I think he's maybe a little hurried in some cases. He hung onto the ball a little too long. So I want to see an O-line that gives him a little more time um, and is not easily distracted by the shiny objects. I think that's been something, you know, when, when teams are jumping around on the other side of the ball and making noises and all this stuff that just goes with football, you're seeing Nebraska lose their discipline and four false start penalties in the first half, you know, and, um, I think one of those, if I remember right, they drove it down to about the 10 yard line and it's second and goal and, and you get a false start you know, and, and you disrupt that Logan Smothers comes into the game and has a little rhythm and there's something nice with that and two false starts in a row. So I'd love to see a clean game where I'm not saying it has to be perfect, but where it's, you bring those penalties, cut them in half, at least bring them down to one false start, something like that. And uh, I think Scott Frost said nastiness. He wants to see some nastiness and that's, you know, the old phrase people go to for old line play, but it's got to come out of guys and I hope there's some guys who feel their jobs are on the line because they should be and play that way. Moving over to Michael Brunts. Brunts, we saw Ramir Johnson actually finish with more yards on less carries than Kenneth Walker in this game. Kenneth Walker the third who entered as one of the top rushers in the country uh, and certainly the top in the Big Ten. It has Ramir in your mind done enough to sort of earn starter status and, and kind of be the, the lead guy for now and, and what has been a revolving door of running backs for Nebraska this season? I mean, I think he's been the most consistent the last couple of games with guys throughout the whole year. I mean, I think Sevian Morrison's kind of been a nice change of pace when they can get him in space. Um, you know, maybe you lean a little bit more on, on Marquis step in, in short yardage situations, but I think Ramir Johnson has kind of improved in the areas where he needed to to be more of an every down back than his first couple of years at Nebraska I mean he runs he's got the speed but I think he's running physically uh which is a nice change this is a you know kind of looking forward to the Northwestern game this is a a Northwestern defense that's not as stout against the run as maybe what Nebraska fans are accustomed to seeing uh, obviously Kenneth Walker in Michigan State uh got him for quite a few which skews the numbers a bit but I mean they're over 100 in, in Russian defense ranking right now. Um, so I think there's an opportunity if, if the offensive line can find a little nastiness or at least, you know, move guys a little bit, uh, that there's going to be some creases and some chance for, for maybe some bigger runs. So 
we'll see what how that picture kind of shapes up. But I, I do think that based on kind of what we've seen in, in the last couple of games that Ramir Johnson has rightfully earned every opportunity he's gotten to be Nebraska's starting running back right now. Okay, we'll dive over to the defensive side of the ball coming off of a fantastic performance against Michigan State. An offense that had a, a pretty good start to their season was putting up 30-plus points in, in each of their games and then met the buzzsaw that was Nebraska's defense. Now the other side of the coin is you get an offense in Northwestern that has really struggled and struggled to move the ball in both ways. We'll start – we'll just go back to Michael Brooks. We'll just work our way backwards. Brooks, did you kind of look at Nebraska's defense in its game, who who – sort of stands out more for you is it gonna be the the pass defense uh against ryan holinsky who's now the starting quarterback and and to try to take things away there and make them one-dimensional or do you think it starts up front again with with damian daniels and ben stilly and those guys yeah it's up front i mean i think if you can make northwestern one-dimensional and take away the run i, I think that's a pretty good recipe for nebraska uh, evan hole had a huge game against ohio and that's something that Nebraska has to be concerned about because, I mean, he, he's a guy that can break big plays. But, I mean, you, you look at what Northwestern's done through the air, they, they don't really worry all that much. Um, they're, they're 111th in the country in passing offense right now. So if you can get them in third and long, second and long, that's where you can kind of turn your – uh, you know, get a little bit creative with blitzes and, and kind of get after him a little bit. So I, I think if, if it's going to need to be a big day for Damian Daniels, Ben Stilley on first down, and then, then that should uh, probably help you out a little bit more and, and get after him on third down and maybe try and force a couple turnovers. Brian, what's something you expect Nebraska can carry over from the game against Michigan State to the game against Northwestern simply from a defensive perspective? I think we're seeing – the linebackers emerge as a, as a top-notch unit. I really do. I think the middle guys are starting to play. Uh, they're not only now flashing plays, but they're consistently being where they're supposed to be. And they're playing disciplined football. You saw it on the play on fourth and one, you know, Michigan state early in that game, uh, try to get their QB out in space, thought they'd trick Nebraska. And that's a play JoJo Doman would have uh, fell for two years ago, and he didn't. It was a five-yard loss. And so you're seeing him play that way. You're seeing Garrett Nelson play at a very high level, and obviously the middle backers, Hendricks and Reimer, with some backups, you know, Phil Darius, Caleb Tanner, Kalarvich, they're all contributing. So I think that group can uh, have a lot of success in this game. The one thing I – love to see beyond the carryover is those guys now make that play where they knock the football loose or they get that pick or, you know, there's something where you just turn the game on its, on its ear, sort of like Reimer did against Buffalo with the pick. Uh, that's the play in a game like this that I think could really give Nebraska the space it needs to, uh, to, to win by double digits if it's going to happen. Todd, you, you've kind of followed this defense closely over the last uh, few years here as a, as a former player, as a fan. As, as someone that kind of understands what they're trying to do. What's maybe the biggest change that you've seen with this defense in 2021 than, than the versions of it that came before? Because a lot of it, you know, is, is the same guys. It's the same coaching staff, but they're playing at a much higher level. What do you think of the sort of switch there? I feel like I've been seeing um, a lot of guys take that next step um, to where they, they kind of seem like they're confident in what their job is, what their role is. And that's kind of allowed them to 
be a little bit more free and make some of those plays. I think the guys on the second level that BC mentioned have really taken it up a notch, and I've been ex- very impressed with how explosive Luke Reimer looks. Um, I think Garrett Nelson has showed kind of a, a higher level of discipline in some of those things, and I think that's an important thing for this game because kind of what set things into a, a bad motion for last year's Northwestern game was just that run where we had one or two guys – had a place, miss a fit, and they they pop that long run early. And that's the type of thing that they've been doing really well and that we got to maintain that and not let it be, allow that to happen with Northwestern and give them that sort of confidence. All right. We are up against the clock a little bit, so we got to go speed round on this. Oddly specific predictions. Todd, we will give you the honors. Um, I'm going to go – kind of piggybacking off what BC said, I'm going to go with uh, the defense kind of breaking through and getting a couple of those big plays. Um, specifically, I, I like the cornerbacks to to create a couple turnovers. I think I'm going to go with Cam Taylor-Britt creating a forced fumble and uh, on the other end, Quentin Newsom um, with an interception for two turnovers on the day for the Black Shirts. All right. Brunts, where are you going? Uh Austin Allen with another touchdown prediction. It's going to happen sometime. It's got Eventually. to. You cannot be oddly specific when you make the same prediction every week. Like I, I'm going to keep – this is like me requesting Baker Steinkohler for interviews for like two and a half straight years. It's just going to keep happening. I, I think it's going to happen, though. It's going to be a back shoulder throw in the corner of the end zone for 17-yard Austin Allen touchdown. Yeah, if you see Bruns – tweet out white whale on all caps you know that it finally happened for him so bc um nebraska savion morrison will score on a it'll be an option play oh and it'll be a fourth down and uh short and he's going to take it 31 yards they're going to get it he's just it's just going to be one of those plays where you see it open and you're like oh boy old school huskers and one other quick one we're going to see will nixon pop in as a punt returner okay all right I will go up. Nebraska will have two touchdowns over 40 yards. One, a 57-yard pass for Samari Toure. The other, a 45-yard Ramir Johnson run. I'm going bold. Going bold this week. All right. Uh, Picks to click. I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to go Ramir Johnson. I think that he has played pretty well. I think he's earned some opportunities. He got loaded up with more carries than what we've seen from running backs. And I feel like we've seen a couple times where he's just a broken tackle away from a home run. And I, I think we're getting that this weekend. Ramir Johnson for me. Brunt? Uh, I'm going to go Luke Reimer. He's playing really, really good football right now, coming off of a really big effort um, against Michigan State. He's been the best linebacker I've seen this year outside of Fordham's Ryan Greenhagen. So I'm going to go with Luke Reimer. Brian? I'll say Samore Toure. I think he was put in tough spots last week and not necessarily is his, his strong suit is not punt returning necessarily. And he's being asked to do it, but I think as a receiver, I don't know if he'll have a ton of catches, but I think he's going to make that one big play sort of like he had two of them against Buffalo that Nebraska needs sort of uh, back to the old Jamal Lord days when you, they're like, they need that big pass play. And that was sort of the offense. Uh, something like that where he gets free for like a, a long one. Like a 57-yard touchdown? I agree. Todd? I, all right. <laughs> not to give 
Schaefer a bigger head, but I was going to go with uh, Ramir Johnson as well. And I like him. I was going to predict something more like a 30 yard, but I like the 40 yard look as well uh, on the defense. It also, I don't know if I'm allowed to do too, but it sounds like Casey Rogers may be back. And I think that he will bring something nice if, if that's true. Um, he was a real nice surprise last year. And I'd love to see him added into this mix as well. All right, Todd, your game prediction. Um, I'm going to go. Nebraska, 27, Northwestern, 17. BC? Uh, Nebraska, 24, Northwestern, 16. Brunts? Nebraska, 29, Northwestern, 18. (laughs) All right. I like Uh, your weird scores. I'll go Nebraska, (laughs) 24, Northwestern, 7. I like Nebraska to cover. I like Nebraska to play well. We'll see how that all goes. Todd, thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for beating Clemson in the the Gator Bowl. Anything else I should be thanking you for? I don't think so, but I appreciate (laughs) you guys having me on. Always a pleasure. All right. Uh, For Brunts, for BC, I'm Mike Schaefer. Be sure to check out Husker 24-7. Enjoy the game this weekend. We'll have plenty of coverage. Check that out Saturday night, Sunday morning. We'll be back with more podcasts next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.